0: What's going on y'all? Welcome to Ragers. If you've been rolling with Orange Weekly for quite some time now, you know that we're all about fans, brews, and Broncos news. And if you haven't had a chance to check out our podcast, too bad, because y'all lost some money. Because last week we swept the floor. We were 3-1-1 one, and one on our Bronco bets. Plus we got our little extra teaser in there. We are 4-1-1 one, and one to start the year when it comes to our Broncos bets. We couldn't be more excited about the Broncos losing. Of course, that was a terrible loss that we saw on that Monday night game. Jerry, Judy, a couple drops away from really making um, our full prediction come true where the Broncos were going to cover. And we thought that they were going to win the game. It was an unfortunate loss. But – We're back in action. We're ready to handicap this week. And of course, like always, my name is Ray. Of course, the show's called Ragers. And each and every week, we're going to bring to you our favorite fantasy football and fantasy or our favorite sports bets for the Broncos each and every week. You know my partner. Y'all know him by Jared. I call him J-Rock. What's going on, J-Rock? How you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty well, Ray. I'm uh, a little sad about the loss. Glad we made some money, though. Uh, that's the probably the most important part of the whole thing. And then we get to look forward to this next game against the Steelers.
0: Yeah, short week, morning game, and guess what, Jared? You know what time it is, ma'am? Beer thirty. Beer thirty,
1: brother. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news.
0: So this week I'm bringing you my absolute favorite beer. This is my number one favorite beer I've ever had in my entire life. It's my go-to. It's called Mercenary Double IPA by Odell Brewing
1: Company. It's as good as it gets. Jared, what you drinking over there, brother? I'm drinking the uh, Mike Hess Hot Cloud Hazy IPA California beer. Well, both you clowns need to get
2: to the OG you
0: probably heard that random voice here on our podcast this week. This is something that we're really looking forward to bringing you each and every week. Is we're going to try to bring in some different voices, some different perspectives when it comes to sports betting. This week, we are joined by literally my degenerate brother. His name is Pizza (laughs) Mike. This is my gambling buddy. The last ten years, and I've been going to Vegas. I haven't missed a Vegas trip without Pizza Mike. Pizza Mike, my degenerate arm that was betting table tennis in the middle of the night in March when the
2: or in May when the
0: sports betting became legal pizza Mike brother how you doing today
2: doing great man joining you boys from Olympic City USA ready to talk some football awesome so this week one thing that we're focusing on and what we wanted to bring
0: Mike into was we wanted to talk about how we go about handicapping a Sunday card right you It comes around. It's Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and you start thinking about your football Sunday. You got an hour from work, and you're thinking, what the heck am I going to make some money on? You might pull out that Sunday card. You're going to start to look at the lines. You're going to start to look at the spreads. And where do you even begin? And so that's kind of what we're going to try to walk through today is where do we even begin, a degenerate like Mike or myself, when we're looking at that card What are we looking for? What are some of the key things that were elements that we're looking for? What kind of matchups? What kind of numbers we're looking for? And so really important here is we're going to introduce this idea of what we refer to or some folks in the business refer to as system betting. And what this is, is oftentimes these, these professional gamblers come up with this crazy criteria of things that if they see this perfect set of variables that they're going to take a bet every single time they see this set of variables because they believe over the history of those games that you're going to ultimately make money because they more likely than not happen. And so with that being said, Mike, let's talk about some of those those concepts. When you're looking at a card on a Sunday, what are some of those system bet things that you're looking at that really um, that you're looking for on a Sunday card?
2: Well, I think it's important that first off we start with Books clean up in week two. Everyone is overreacting from week one. So, when looking at the week two card, we need to kind of, you know, uh, manage our expectations. Uh, and so, uh, this week we have a couple scenarios which we have a one and O team versus an 0 and one, our Denver Broncos being one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, if we look at these games and some of the systems you're talking about, uh, one of the systems I'm tracking, the that- is a road dog that is uh, uh, given less than seven points with a total under 50. Uh, and so meeting that criteria, we have two of those games. We have the Giants versus versus the Bears with the Giants getting five and a half, and we have the Lions at the Packers with the Lions getting plus six. Given that criteria, these bets win 59% of the time. Exactly. So what we're seeing there is we're seeing a road dog, right, with a with – yep.
0: a- Decent spread, right? We're talking about almost almost spotting them a touchdown in, in both cases, but the over under dictates it that it's going to probably be a close game, right? Exactly, exactly.
2: So we're not; they cannot be uh, dogs by more than a touchdown, and that touch and that uh, over under needs to be under fifty. So you're really looking for a tight game uh, where maybe you might see a field goal in either direction, right? Exactly. And
0: and some of these spread betting philosophies that you might be encountering, um. Some of them are really simple, right? One of the most the the, the one of the com- common ones that we see is that we oftentimes will see people that will always bet on divisional underdogs. Every single yeah. divisional underdog all year long, because divisional games are always tend to be so close. There tend to be a lot of upsets in those realms. You know, you might just bet the divisional underdog every single game for the entire year. The the piece that I want to add here, though, is you got to commit to the system, right? There's got to be a little bit of a commitment to the system because Again, what we're saying is over the course of the season, this is going to happen 60% of the time. So if you're willing to put in the numbers and put in the bets every week, which might be two one week, five one week, one the next week, you got to take them all because ultimately what we're trying to do is we're trying to hedge down that system. We want to make sure that we're getting enough numbers in there so that we can hit that 60% mark. Cool, Mike. What, what else? So you got your system, right? You're looking at the card. What are some other things that stand out to you on a, on a Sunday ticket?
2: So, again, I'm going to keep going back to week two. But in week two, dogs against the spread are 52%. So, again, we know our magic number is 52.4%. Uh, so, so be looking for those dogs this Sunday. Uh, speaking of dogs, uh, one dog that jumped out to me is Panthers plus eight and a half versus the T- Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, did you guys see anything you liked from the Bucks last week?
0: Not after about the first quarter and a half.
2: No, and so that's where uh, I am uh, going all in on the Panthers, eight and a half. Uh, if you're playing Daily Fantasy, I'm buying low on DJ Moore. He only had five targets last week, uh, but I expect him to have a big game. Uh, yeah, I definitely see the Panthers covering, if not potentially winning.
0: Awesome, and, and you, you've you kind of alluded to this, right? We talked about this last week on the podcast Sports betting and fantasy football go hand in hand. Those two things are so interrelated, it is ridiculous. They both, literally the lines speak to one another. And oftentimes what I'm looking at when I see a Sunday card and you're thinking about your daily fantasy football lineups, you need to find the game that's going to blow up. Look at the spreads. Figure out what game is going to blow up. And I think the obvious choice right off the bat, I believe is the Dallas game this Sunday, is sitting at a- yeah, it's over. I think an over 154, at fifty four. I think at right now at this point in time. So if we think through some of these things, when I'm looking at some of those Sunday cards, we are looking for. Am I am I right? It's a Dallas game.
2: Exactly. Yep, that is the highest total for the week. Uh, I'm scratching my head. the 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 line I have circled for this week is Dallas minus uh, four and a half points. Why this is not uh, a touchdown or more is beyond logic. Uh, I, I just don't see it. The Falcons have absolutely no defense. Yes, Dallas looked a little rough, but I'll tell you what, the LA Rams defense, they are fantastic. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing, right? You see that big game, you see that
0: 54. If you're playing da- daily fantasy football, you need every piece of the highest scoring game of the week. That's the only way that you can really cash those big tickets in those big playoffs um, in those big tournaments. you got to get a piece of this. It looks like the Dallas game is the one to take. It looks like the Dallas game beat all over that. I think Zeke has a monster, monster day. Mike, I'm with you. I think minus four is way too stinking low for a Super Bowl contending team that is returning. Uh, absolutely. Now, you did mention something I think is important. You talked about week two and, and the importance of week two and how you know tends the books tend to overreact when they see some performances in week one. Week one had all kinds of ups and downs for us. When I'm looking at week two, you know who I'm betting on? I want well-established teams. I don't want teams in any level of transit. I don't want teams with any sort of question marks. I want teams that are incredibly well-established, and I think the Dallas Cowboys are one of those teams, if we're looking at this card this weekend, that are just a well-established team. They don't have a lot of question marks. They have a lot of momentum. Seattle Seahawks come to mind. Uh, uh, the The Saints come to mind. Who else do you like on the card this Sunday?
2: Uh, another head-scratching line to me, Uh, And I'm going to go against the Sharps and the money, uh, but the Philadelphia Eagles versus the L.A. Rams. Uh, Once again, uh, you know, obviously the Rams ended up as a favorite last Sunday night, uh, but the Rams still getting one and a half points versus the Eagles. I understand the Eagles were up 17 points on Sunday, uh, but what I saw from L.A. on Sunday night leads me to believe that they are back. I couldn't
0: agree more. I think LA is another fantastic choice, again, of a well-established team, well-established core, not a lot of question marks. Those are the types of teams in week one, week two, week three that I like to target. I'm, I'm not messing around with like a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team, right? A team with it's so many transitions, uh, although Tom Brady potentially has the, the makings of, a, of an incredible roster. There's just been too many question marks. I, I, no preseason, COVID, you name it. I'm taking a well-established team this week. I am not even messing with a team that's in any sort of transition in any way, shape, or form. So with that being said, Mikey, roll through your bets again. Which ones do you like? Who's your favorite bets that you're targeting this week? And then tell us your system plays one more time.
2: All right. We got our Pizza Mike 4 here. We got the Cowboys minus 4.5 versus the Falcons. The Panthers plus 8.5 versus the Buccaneers. The Rams plus one and a half versus the Eagles. And the last one I did not touch on was the Vikings plus three versus the Colts. Uh, Just don't trust the Colts. Uh, I think that the Vikings has showed some strong offense uh, versus the Packers. And uh, the defense will be a little bit more motivated Uh, this week Uh, my system bets here we have the Giants versus the Bears uh, with the Giants plus five and a half and the Lions at the Packers plus six Uh, again that system is a road dog uh, giving less than a touchdown with a total under 50 yeah not 60 percent of the time
0: love it I love every bit of that I think you have some great lines there I again again well-established teams um, in week two, I think, are a place that we can definitely see some value. Mike, you got any fantasy sleepers for us? You, you like the Panthers? I think that that's going to be a high-scoring game. You and I are both on the same place on that. Tampa Bay's defense looks like Swiss cheese, although they have a fan favorite in Shaq Barrett over
2: there. What other fantasy players you'd like this week? So I am loading up on Austin Eckler. He got 70% of the snaps uh, on San Diego last week, uh, and so I think he'll be a fantastic play. Uh, this is just the eye test for me, uh, but I loved Clyde Hilaire Edwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, he looks like a real throw. Uh, expect him to do great. Uh, last one I'm going to give for you guys is Adam Thielen. He was one of five players to get 50% of the air yards for his teams. Uh, and then if we're going for the Colorado State special, uh, throw a little B.C. Johnson in there too, uh, since uh, Minnesota and Kirk Cousins has no one else to throw to.
0: Love it. Love it. And, and you're talking about Clyde, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs running back, preseason plus 2000 to win the Offensive Rookie of the Year this week, plus 175. Large yeah,
2: so one, wow. one last thing I'm going to give you guys on fantasy. And this is, uh, I'm going to finish with my tools I use. Um, and so, you know, there's so much info out there, there's so many tools. Uh, one of the tools I love is Pro Football Focus. Um, And one of the stats they do is the wide receiver versus the uh, cornerback matchups. And so if you're looking for uh, three or four great uh, wide receivers that are just facing some dog cornerbacks, uh, we got Sammy Watkins, Marquise Hollywood Brown, Julio Jones, and Anthony Miller. And lastly, our Broncos special, Mr. Noah Fant, exploiting the Steelers linebackers.
0: I love it. I love every bit of that. I love hearing a little bit of that action of Noah fans. Mike and I have a running. We do a we do a weekly fan duel every year, and the loser pays for the Vegas hotel room. And so Mike got the best of me <laughs> last week. That's okay. That's okay. You only you lose one, but that's fine. You you can come back from down 01 and still come back and win and win the year. And so Pizza Mike, man, I love you. I appreciate you. You're you're one of my faves, brother. You know, you know, you and I go back way too many. We've had way too many highs and way too many lows on the gambling train. Um, but I look forward to continuing that and a couple of those lines. Yeah, we'll hit up each other on the text line. I'm going to smash a couple of those lines this weekend.
2: Thanks for having me, Ray. Cheers.
0: All right. So thanks, so Mike. The very last bit of there on pizza, Mike J Rock. I think is is the segue that we were looking for as we start to look at the game for this upcoming Sunday. Uh, we got the early slot, the 11 o'clock slot. If you've been following the Broncos for quite some time, you know that they are not friendly in that 11 o'clock slot. I think they've maybe not won one. One game or two games in the last two or three years in that time slot on the road. Um, it's a terrible slot for us. I hear Noah Fant. I love what I see. The eye test from Noah Fant it seems to be very promising. But as I sat down to look at the numbers and look at the matchups and look at all of these things, I think this is a dog shit matchup for our Denver Broncos this week. Jared, before we jump into the position groups, what's your initial reaction?
1: Uh, on the offensive side, I agree. This is a this is not a good matchup for us going forward. We have such a young team. You saw it when we were playing against the Titans. Our team's way too young and not. You were talking about an established team in Week Two, and we're just not there. We have a lot of things that we need to work on. We have a lot of things that you know communication styles, uh, drops, overthrows, the things that you will like to see get better over the season. Week Two is not it, and guess who is the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. They are established. They know how to play. They know how to play hard. They know how to play tough. And this is going to be a very tough matchup for our offense. Totally
0: agree. Um, I think if we're, and we had the chance to watch them both back to back, right? We had a chance to watch the Steelers play. Rolled right into the Broncos game. I think Ben Roethlisberger looked like he was closer to 28 than he was to 38. That defense did quite (laughs) a number on Saquon Barkley. If we're thinking about the position groups, do the Broncos have an advantage Anywhere, talking about our offensive position groups against that robust Pittsburgh defense.
1: I think our wide receivers, man on man against their corners, have an advantage over what New York had. However, I don't think that Drew Locke has the advantage of the time. Any more than Daniel Jones did uh, in the backfield. So it's going to have to be like we talked last week and have to get the ball out quick. It's going to have to be short passes. Um, you know, maybe again, we're going to see one or two long passes. Hopefully we can connect on one of them, but it's not anything to really put our faith in.
0: And that, that brings up a really interesting point last week, probably one of the most surprising and most helpful things that we saw last week is that we did not hear Garrett Bowles' name called, right? We had
1: right.
0: a game without hearing Garrett Bowles' name called. Our tackle seem for the most part, to hold up. For the most part, let's take a look at that matchup there. And you talk about keeping Drew Lock upright. Is that even a possibility when we talk about the likes of a of a, a not JJ Watt, but the t- one of the other Watt brothers,
1: TJ Watt,
0: TJ Watt on the other side of the line of scrimmage, right? Is, is it going to be a clean pocket or, or not a chance?
1: So the only way we're going to keep it a clean pocket, and I feel like we did a decent job at it for most of the game against Tennessee is by moving the pocket, getting those rollouts, getting the play action rollouts. You have guys like TJ Watt, Bud Dupree, and Cameron Hayward. Those are all very, very good defensive linemen. And, uh, you know, Stefan Twit, tweet, Tweet Twit, whatever his name is. Yeah. <laughs> he uh, he also is very good at rushing the passer. All of these guys are going to be able to get in the backfield when it especially when we don't want them to, we're going to have to keep Drew Locke moving and the play calls need to be timed so that by the time he gets out of the pocket, there's nobody chasing him. He can throw the ball away.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So let's break down those, those position groups. Then wide receivers, it sounds like potentially, you know, our wide receiver core might have a slight advantage over maybe the New York giants, the fought last week. If you were to give the edge, yes. these are Pittsburgh's DBs versus Denver Broncos wide receivers. Who gets the slight edge this week?
1: I think the Broncos wide receivers get the slight edge. If we can get the ball to those Broncos wide receivers, they get the slight edge over the corners. But that's if we can get the ball to them. I think one-on-one Jerry Judy, uh, even Tim Patrick, Hamilton, and I heard that uh, there's a possibility that KJ Hamler is supposed to be back. We can go one-on-one with their corners. They have a great safety over the top with Minka Fitzpatrick. Obviously, they picked him up from uh, Miami. So that's going to be a little bit t- tougher to go deep, but I think one on one, man on man, it's going to be a bet. We have the a slight advantage at the receiver position.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then Mike kind of alluded to this and his deal. Talk through the tight end because there's a unique there's a unique dichotomy here, right? We have Devin Bush on the other side, who most likely would have been the Broncos' tenth pick in the year, right? He traded back and got Noah Fant, and so. I'm not saying that the No. Fan pick is a bad one. I think Devin Bush has turned out to be a fine linebacker. Now that we have a little bit of linebacker issues, it might look a little bit different. But we but we have a fine tight end. Let's take our tight end versus their linebacker core plus their maybe safety core. Does No. Fan have an advantage this week?
1: That's that's our biggest advantage this week. And like like uh, Pizza Mike had alluded to, that's going to be our biggest one our tight end, and you saw it at the beginning against Tennessee, we were targeting Noah Fant coming across the middle, going out to the outside. And what I love about Noah Fant is that he doesn't just, and hopefully this doesn't hurt him in the long run, but he doesn't just go down. He'll take those extra five yards and lower his yeah. shoulder. So when we're talking about yards and, and guys that are going to be able to get open, especially if they're playing man defense, that's going to be our number one look. Over the receivers, Noah Fant's going to be our number one look.
0: Totally, totally agree. So let's think about the game now. Broncos offense looked great at times, looked anemic at times. Uh, Pittsburgh's defense rated out to be the number one defense, I believe, last week in the entire NFL. Mm -hmm. Uh, Interesting matchup. The the Vegas books don't believe the Broncos have a chance here. I just want to make that very, very clear. Broncos are seven-point dogs. The over-under is set at 40, and in fact, the team total for the Broncos is set at 16 points right now. They don't believe that the Broncos are going to score more than 16 points in the game. So if we think about breaking that down, 78% of the early money is on the Pittsburgh Steelers' side of it. So 78% of the bets that are coming in favor the Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's go through these position groups together, Jared, and let's think through this game I got Drew Locke this week. He is the 21st rated quarterback on Fantasy for his projections. His over-under is at 222 yards. How does that feel for you? Uh,
1: this is tough because I, I don't think he could get it in a close game. If we're in a close game, I don't think he gets t- 220 yards. However, I feel like we're going to go down real quick, and we're going to have to throw the ball. I mean, w- on our one of our wins last week was Jerry Judy over 65 yards, and he got... Fifty of them on one play and on a last minute uh, right before the half. So if he does get two twenty, it's going to be in not garbage time, but it's going to be trying to come back from being down. And I I don't, I don't know, I don't know how to feel about it.
0: Yeah, I agree. You know, I don't hate this line. Lefty threw for two hundred sixteen yards. He had the touchdown. Um, This is without basically any plays in the third quarter, right? We're talking about the guy threw for two hundred sixteen yards with with two three and outs in the third quarter with i think one completion for minus two yards i think is what he had in there so right i mean i've got a chance i agree with your logic jared that we're going to be down which means that we're going to have to put the ball in the air the question is whether or not we'll have the ball for enough time i i don't i don't hate this bet if i was to take one i think i would hedge towards the over i think the over is the probably the preferable bet right now um for the funds and for giggles it's set at 222 uh, ESPN hasn't projected at 241 yards this week based on their fantasy projections. I think that there's a little bit of wiggle room again. I think we're going to be down. Um, Drew Lock 222 yards. Melvin Gordon, interesting game, and this is the only loss that we had last week was actually Philip Lindsay's yards because he got injured. But Melvin Gordon almost seemed like without Philip Lindsay in the game became a kind of a different animal in there. He is the 18th highest rated. He has the 18th highest projection on on fantasy this week. And he's sitting at forty nine point five rushing yards, a few yards higher than he was last week. Love it, hate it. What do you like about that?
1: I love it, especially with the unknown about uh, Philip Lindsay. If Philip Lindsay doesn't play this game, that's that's he's gonna get over that. Obviously, they have a very tough defensive line, but we're gonna have to establish the run somewhere, and that is such a low number for a a, a workhorse running back. We will be using our backup running back from Oregon. What's his name? Uh, wow, I can't remember his
0: name. Royce Freeman.
1: Freeman. So we're gonna be using Royce Freeman, who actually stepped up. He had a couple of really good plays. He had uh, a good run, and then he had a catch for almost a touchdown. Uh, yep. We end up. Uh, Pushing it in there, but I think ultimately, as a workhorse running back, which is what he will be, is if Phil Lindsey doesn't play, that's way too low. I'm taking the over on that.
0: I like it too. I I I agree. They're going to have to run the ball a little bit. Um, he's a couple pops away. I think he had two plays over 20 yards in week one. I think he's got a a little bit of an explosive nature to him. I like Melvin Gordon. I'm just saying, if we're going to give the guy 15 carries, 18 carries. I don't see any way that he's not over. Last week, 15 carries, 78 yards. I really like this lineup here, too. Um, I don't see the yards right now for receiving and rushing yards. If that number's in the 60s, folks, take it. I, I think this is a great place yeah. to take some yards because I think, again, to Jared's analysis, we're going to see some Dinkin and Duncan from Drew Locke. We're going to have to slow down the pace of the game. The edge rushers are going to be coming like crazy. And how do you slow down a good rush? A solid screen game. And, and I think we're going to have Absolutely. to rely on that a little bit. I love Melvin Gordon over 50 yards rushing. I also love him, again, around about 70 all-purpose yards. I think that's where I have him projected this week. I think 70 all-purpose yards will be right on for him. He's probably a 18-carry, 70-yard guy with, uh, with, a, with a two or three catches for about 20 yards. So that's where I like uh, Melvin Gordon. Let's take the over this week.
1: Let's and you know there. a good place. I know a good place that you can go to find out when those lines do come out for all-purpose yards. Uh, Twitter. Go ahead and follow OW Ragers on Twitter, and we'll be posting that. Ray will be posting that stuff up as they come out and letting you know when to take it. I think last week when we made the Jerry Judy bet, uh, it originally came out at what forty-two for, was 30, the yards?
0: 36, Thirty-six yards. Thirty-six. Started and it was it ended in the forties. So please check right. out um, Ragers. I do this for, not for a living. I got a real job. But I'm, but I'm, a <laughs> degenerate, and so I look at the lines literally five, six, eight times a day. Follow us on OW Ragers, and you'll be able to find us there. Let's look at our two receivers that we're going to look at this week Noah Fant court, or I'm sorry, and Jerry Judy. Noah Fant sitting at 40 yards, basically the same spot that he was sitting last week, 39.5 last week. He's starting out at 40 yards this week. And um, uh, Jerry Judy, uh, I actually don't have yards on Jerry Judy yet. I apologize. So, Noah Fant, uh, 40 yards. How do you like it?
1: I think that's that's right where it, it, I mean, Vegas does this for a living. They know what they're doing. I think that's right about where where they're going to be. And as much as we could sit here and say, you know, we need to target Noah Fant because that's definitely the matchup to take advantage of. We just don't know if that's what we're going to do. And I Noah Fant last week was running all over. He was catching balls all over for the first half and didn't do anything in the second half. And that was just because they game planned against him. And that's how that ended up working out. So honestly, I think that's right where it's at. I would honestly stay away from this one.
0: The, the, I, you know, it's it's that it's that old saying that you touch the stove a couple times and you get a little burn. <laughs> you know, this is Noah Fan for us last year. If you were following Ragers last year, he'd freaking pop. We'd hit his bet. We'd take him the following week, and then he would have like a two catch twenty yard day. And then he'd take him the next week, and he'd pop again. And then you know, it was just like a yo yo with Noah Fan. I'm gonna I'm gonna make an unpopular opinion here, Jerry. I think this is the line. I love this line at Noah Fan at forty yards right now. I'm gonna go with the belief that I'm going to ride Noah Fant until he burns me. And I think when we see them <laughs> and we see some of the unique things that they did with Noah Fant, um, one of the things in particular that I re- I was really interested in in game one is Noah Fant was their go-to guy for all of their play-action plays. The rollouts, the zero-protection plays that they were doing to try to get Drew Lock out of the pocket, Noah Fant was right there time and time again. I think 39.5 yards is very low for a guy who has pop potential, right, number one tight end in all of – the NFL last year on yards after the catch. I'm going to ride Noah Fant until my hand gets burned. I'm going to take him over 40 yards this flipping week. So we love Gordon. We love Noah Fant. Let's talk about the game. Broncos, seven point underdogs, 40 points is the over under in this game. What do you think, Jared? How do you see this game happening?
1: I, I think this is going to be a trap game for Pittsburgh. I, I, like I said, I think they're going to go up. I think we're going to be down most of the game, but we're going to come back. I do not think we lose this game by more than seven points. I will take the under. I will take the Broncos to cover the spread.
0: And this is one of those interesting places that, that Mike was talking about here. This is just outside of the system betting that we're seeing right now, right? Where we see a road dog. That's about a seven-point underdog right now. They're at seven points, so that's why they don't qualify for the system bet right now. If they were to tip into the plus six and a half kind of category of some things, and you see a very low total, you see a total of about forty points. That means it's going to be a tight game, right? Um, It's not going to be the Kansas City Chiefs blowing out the Chargers like they're going to blow them out this week. Pizza Mike (laughs) didn't mention that one. Take the Chargers. I don't care if you got to take a minus fifteen. Take the or I'm sorry, take the Chiefs. They're going to whoop up on those Chargers. Tyrod Taylor is terrible. But anyway, so we're right on that cusp there, Jared. This is a perfect place, I think, that we saw last week. Perfect time for your teaser, right? Depending on how you like the game, in either way, shape, or form, I think this is great teaser time. I think teasing the Broncos to plus 13, um, I don't see the Broncos losing by two touchdowns um, in any way, shape, or form. I think that's a great place to take it. You could also – listen, I won't fault you if you want to take the Pittsburgh Steelers and tease them to minus one. I think that the Pittsburgh Steelers do win this game. They seem to be the more complete team. I'm a little bit worried about the Broncos for the time being. But here's the deal. You know what's going to happen next week we do the show, Jared? We're going to know if Drew Locke is the man or he is not. It is that simple. You're right. Drew Locke, if he's the guy, you're going to see him gut out a performance this week that is going to be one for the ages, and he's going to keep this game close. If Drew Locke's not the guy, we're going to get our asses kicked. So that simple. Take it the way you like it. Um, I'm I'm probably going to stay away from making a call on a plus 7 game on this week. I don't love the Broncos here. I don't hate them at plus 13 if you want to get them into a teaser and you want to tease them with maybe the Kansas City Chiefs, get the Kansas City Chiefs down to minus 2, get the Broncos to plus 13. I think that will be a pretty safe bet for you this weekend. But to review, Drew Locke, he's sitting right at 222. I think we're going to be down. It's going to be playing catch up a little bit. Gordon, I think over 50 yards I think is a solid bet this week. He's going to be the bell cow. He's going to get the lion's share. He's going to get 15 to 20 carries. I like him at 50. No offense. I'm going to ride him. Jared's staying away. Jared got burned a couple of times last year. I've, I've been burned before. First I'm taking no offense. I like where he's at right there. And I would probably play with some sort of teaser for the weekend. Fantasy football. What do you think, Jared? Is there any player, if you have any of these guys on your fantasy team, are you playing anybody this week?
1: On my fantasy, I'm playing nobody from the Broncos. I am not playing anybody from the – and if I do, if I have Noah Fant, I might start him depending on what other tight ends are out there. But honestly – and as we talked about in our Fantasy 101 episode, there's not a lot of number one tight ends, number one receiving tight ends in the league. So if I have Noah Fant, I'm probably starting him. But other than that, I'm staying away from almost everybody –
0: yeah, I, I, don't th- I don't love the Bronco players this week for fantasy implications. If you have Melvin Gordon, I think that he's got a running back to flex option for you, depending on how deep your league is, just because he is going to get the lion's share. And if he finds his way and he squirts himself into the end zone for a touchdown at some point in time, that probably gets you a 10 to 12 point performance for the week. I think that there's some value there. Um, no offense, maybe if there's nobody better, you're not going to find a better tenant on the waiver wire. Um, yeah. But if you have a couple tight ends, I, I would I would hesitate and I'm not touching a single Bronco quarterback or wide receiver. I'm not sticking anybody in my, in my uh, lineup this week.
1: But daily's oh. different. If we're going to be doing a daily fantasy, if I'm looking at daily fantasy, a lot of these guys are going to be going pretty cheap. And if, if these guys are going pretty cheap, we're talking about taking Gordon on the over. If you're thinking about not taking one of your top running backs uh, mm-hmm. or at, at one of your top tight ends, I don't think Fant's going to be going very expensive this week. So I, I would probably take him in a daily.
0: Yeah, I mean, those are probably your only two plays. I think budget plays for this week is if, you, if you're if you looking slim on the dollars and you need to get a Melvin Gordon or, or a fit in your lineup, I think that, that that's a safe bet for you all this week. So um, Mike Pizza Mike gave us a whole bunch of gems when it came to those uh, daily fantasy lineups. So hopefully you find one. Hopefully you get yourself into that millionaire maker. And if you make a whole bunch of money and you actually get a million dollars out of this, give us a call. We'll just meet you in Vegas. You don't have to give us anything. We'll just come right. and party with you when you get there. Does that sound good?
1: Yeah. Well,
0: <laughs> This week, I think we have two rock-solid Ragers. I think that's all we're going to go with this week. We have Gordon over 49.5 yards. We have Fant over 40.5 yards receiving. When we see a couple more lines out, be sure to check OW Ragers. We're going to put a couple posts there for you all so you can see if there's anything else that comes out that we really like. Again, if you're feeling frosty, I would hedge Drew Locke over 225 yards. And if you're feeling a little frosty, throw the Broncos in some sort of teaser, but don't take them straight up. So – Without further ado, I had tons of fun with y'all. I always love hanging out with y'all, drinking some beers, talking Broncos, talking fantasy. We are 4-1-1. One, and one. If we can make it to 6-1-1 one, and one by the end of this week, that'll be pretty dang good. I'll be happy. You'll be happy because you got money in your pocket. J-Rock, you got anything else for the people?
1: Now, you know, we, we were kind of negative on the Broncos, not thinking that there's going to be a lot of producers, but that's because we're going against the lines. We're not going against the Broncos. You know, obviously, we're always sitting here hoping the Broncos win, do the best. And honestly, I'm sitting here hoping that they all prove us wrong. They all get the overs. Everybody wins. Uh, but uh, that's just being us being realistic. And ultimately, it's just all about go Broncos.
0: Yeah. And, and guess what? We're going to find out if Drew Locke is the guy. Let's see. If the Broncos get punched in their mouth and Drew Locke can stand his ground and we're here next week eating crow, I would love that. We love you all. Broncos country, we love you. Orange Weekly, don't forget, we are the best source for your Broncos news. Whatever you want it, whatever you – however you want it. Podcasts, live shows, uh, Instagram, Twitter, you name it. If you want to consume Broncos content, there's nowhere better. Orange Weekly, we're all about fans, brews, and Broncos news. Peace out, y'all. Let's make some money.
1: Orange Weekly, fans,
2: brews, and Broncos news.